All right, tonight we will conclude, Lord willing, our study in the book of Revelation. And uh, well, I guess that's as high as it's going to go. At this point, just as a little bit of review, we know that the church has been in heaven ever since chapter 4 at the rapture. We know that the uh, millennial reign has finished and there's a lot of misunderstanding between the millennial reign and the eternal state. Hope we'll answer some of your questions there tonight with the lesson. And then, um, well, there's just a whole lot of stuff we've covered and I can't take too much time because I do have a lot of material to cover and I've got my notes for a spare tire. You take your Bibles, if you would, please open them up to Revelation chapter number 21. What's going to enable me to cover these two chapters in one lesson is the first book, uh, chapter, chapter 21, and the first five verses of chapter 22 is all one unit, and the rest of it is close to the book of Revelation. So, um, we're covering a topic that a lot of people do not know much about. Let's start it off with verse 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. All right, so this description of the new heaven and the new earth is mainly negative in a sense that uh, we're going to list a whole lot of no mores. You know, Romans, the book of much mores. Revelation has been called the book of no mores. Uh, at least ten no mores. So most of what we're going to learn about the new heaven and the new earth is things that will not be there. We do not know a whole lot. In fact, this verse here is the only verse in the Bible that talks about it in this extent. And... We're not told a whole lot here other than it's new and the fact that there's no sea. Uh, I'll mention this in case I would forget it later because a lot of people get uh, the Old Testament prophets which had a tremendous amount of uh, information on the millennial reign of Christ. After all, that's what the Jews were promised, an earthly reign of Christ on the throne of David here on earth. The Messiah was going to reign and be their king. So that's, that's their promise. And uh, so naturally, uh, it's going to be a lot of information in the Old Testament about the millennial. The Christians are promised a new home in heaven. To be absent from the body is present with the Lord. I will be here during the, tribula uh, the millennial, but we will not be... Uh, uh, given that is what our promise was. Our promise was a home in heaven with the Lord. And that's what it says, as we'll find out here later. Let's go on. A new heaven and a new earth. Now, uh, I am of the school of thought that I don't believe this is a renovation like the, the flood. The flood, when the Lord destroyed the earth the first time with water, it was a renovation. It was a remodeling of it. Uh, and... Um, it changed it a lot. The flood changed this earth a lot, a lot more than most people think. But we're not teaching on that tonight. Uh, and having no more sea is very important because uh, with those Old Testament scriptures, particularly in Ezekiel, it talks about the river of life coming out of Jerusalem and running to the east and that's, and that's the millennial kingdom. That's a thousand years that's going to be. And so uh, don't be confused with that. In heaven, there'll be no more sea. That's what we just believe what the Bible says. I don't know how it's going to be. It's going to be a whole different system. We live in a world today where water is very important. You can't live without it. You can only live about three days without water. You can go about 40 or so days without food. I know we've never been that. We've probably gone longer without water than food, most of us. But uh, uh, that's the way it is. Okay, now that's all 
it talks about the new Jerusalem. Now, let's go down to verse 2. And in verse 2, we find uh, the, the, uh, the city here. It says, And I, John, saw the holy city. Now, notice holy city, new Jerusalem. There are two new Jerusalems. Uh, there's a new Jerusalem in the uh, millennial reign of Christ, which they have a temple inside that city. Uh, there's uh, worshiping. Ezekiel's temple will be in existence. Uh, it's a completely different economy. Don't think of the same. There's some similarities, but there's some vast differences. And a big problem is we don't know a whole lot about the eternal state other than the fact we can be assured there will be an eternal state. And it says here that this holy new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven. So that tells us that it, that it was already in existence. It's coming down from heaven. It wasn't, he doesn't say it's created uh, a, a new uh, city here, uh, Jerusalem. It's coming down from heaven. Uh, if you read John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3, that's what Christ went to prepare for us. Uh, that's what he's talking about. I believe this new Jerusalem here. Okay, so let's move on. So it says now, uh, the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Now, we know from the teachings that we've already covered that the Christ, uh, that the church is referred to as the bride of Christ. And um, we know that he takes us home to be with him as his bride. Uh, we know there's a judgment seat of Christ for us to get ready for the wedding. There's going to be a wedding and so forth. Uh, but clearly, it tells us that the, um, uh, here that the bride is adorned here for her husband. Notice that. Uh, the, the new Jerusalem is coming down from heaven. Uh, 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 from God out of heaven prepared uh, prepared as a bride and a bride of course what she do she gets herself ready she gets to look as good she'll never look that good again in her whole life probably but uh, she looks good okay and that's the idea it's given us here okay now look in verse 3 and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he shall be dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. This is very important for you to notice that it says the tabernacle of God uh, here is said to be with men. Tabernacle means where God lives. God today lives up in the third heaven, okay? He has, he's omnipresent. Now he's everywhere at every time, all the time and all that, we know all this. But his abode today is in heaven, the third heaven. Here, he's going to make his abode, his, his um, a tabernacle, as it uses the word here, tabernacle, uh, here with his people here on earth. That, that's, uh, that's phenomenal. Uh, we, uh, we just can't believe. You know, your mind just goes like this. You could speculate and we could talk. Well, what do you think this? What do you think? Well, it doesn't matter what you think, what I think. We have to stick with just the scriptures. But our minds do ask ourselves questions. And the scriptures we know that talk about heaven and the eternal uh, new, uh, new state. Um, is, is enough to really whet our appetite, as they say. And it says in verse 4, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. I made the list here, and I'm going to uh, save reading some of these verses because I don't want to miss any of these ten, in case you're a note-taker in college. Uh, my professor uh, always talked about me taking such good notes, he'd kid me, it said, now, did you get that? I said, what's that? He said, good morning, class. <laughs> he, thought, he thought I actually put that in my notes. I didn't, but I, I did try to uh, take good notes. And some of you may be good note takers. And like I used to tell the college students, 90% of your education is going to be in your filing cabinet. So if you want to throw away nine, uh, nine cents out of every dime, 
Uh, just uh, don't take good notes and don't treasure them and don't keep them. But I still uh, refer back to college notes. Now, I gave all of my files and library. I gave the library to the orphanage, and I gave the, uh, my files and that to a preacher boy, a Cajun boy, in fact, out of Louisiana, starting a church in, in Baton Rouge. But um, they are important. Here he, he lists, uh, first of all, let me say this, God's tabernacle is with men, and uh, of course that's true. God is with men. He, Christ came, he's the God-man. He was here, but he was here for life, and then God was with us. God's here with us in the form of the Holy Spirit. We can't see him, but he's in us, and he keeps us, he seals us, and that's why we have eternal life. It's not because of what we've done or what we do to keep it. Uh, the Spirit of God is the one who places us in Christ and seals us there. And we have him today. But in heaven, we're going to have, them, uh, have God face to face. We're going to live with God. Uh, we, we can't fathom that, really. Uh, but we'd like to think about it. But do you ever think about having Jesus... They come up and you'll be able to look him face to face. Or have him put his arm around you and say, Brother, I really appreciate you. Huh? Wouldn't that be sweet? Well, we, we can't get along with that or we'll be here for two more weeks uh, every night. Okay? Uh, Christ is the beginning, uh, uh, of course, and of the end. That's where it talks about the Alpha and Omega. Uh, you need to know this. You need to make yourself a little circle on your note paper and put the word time. And then around that circle you put God. God has time in him. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's before time. He's after time ceases to be. Uh, time is within God. And uh, that's why the end is from the beginning and in between and everything else. He knows everything. And it's all present with God because time is in God. Okay? Now, the, the perfection of this new age uh, is listed here with these um, uh, at least ten no's. And I'll give them to you quickly so we can move on. Uh, and as I said before, and I forget the guy's name, I'm sorry, but uh, he, he used to say, Romans is the book of much mores. And you see that uh, statement over and over again in the book of Romans, probably a dozen times. And, and then he says that the book of Revelation is the book of no mores. And there are at least ten of them here that we're going to share with you in this chapter, in the first verses to this following chapter. Uh, in verse 1, we've already seen there'll be no more sea. Verse 4, no death. Again, in verse 4, there's no sorrow, there's no crying, there's no pain, uh, no temple. That's the big difference in this description of this new Jerusalem and then the Jerusalem you read about in the Old Testament prophets. And, and the, uh, uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a city, Jerusalem, in the millennium. It's going to be a city like no city that you've ever seen here in this world. But there's going to be geographical changes to this earth as a result uh, of Christ's coming and the judgments, the earthquakes, and all that takes place at his coming. And uh, the, the earth uh, change will be tremendous. Uh, like it was after the flood, there was great uh, geographical change. And, uh, but there'll be no temple uh, in this, why? Because God is with us. We don't need uh, symbols or ceremonies or anything like that uh, to uh, teach us of God. God is there. He's in, he's, his tabernacle is with men. There's no need of a temple uh, in the eternal state. No sun. Now there's a little bit of the sun and the moon there's a little bit of change here because when it talks about it here, it talks about in the city. In the city. And there are some who believe, and I don't, I don't take a dogmatic stand, but some don't believe that there will be no sun all over, just in the city. Okay? That's where God dwells. That's his dwelling place. And uh, 
That's where his people are. Now, uh, it, it does say there's no more sun, there's no more moon, there's no night. Again, all these descriptions, when you read them, is within the context of the city. Isaiah said this in Isaiah 60, verse 19. Isaiah said, The sun shall no more, uh, no more thy light by day, neither for brightness shall the moon give light unto thee, but the Lord shall be unto thee an everlasting light and the God of thy glory. Uh, and thy God, thy glory. That's in, again in Isaiah 60, verse 19. And let me tell you this. The book of Isaiah is a tremendous book. It's a, prophet, a prophetic book. But it's, it's, on, it's got 66 chapters just like the Bible. And it's so separated after the 39th chapter to the 40th chapter, which would be the 39 chapters of the Old Testament, the 27 chapters of the New Testament, there's so much difference that they were, it was said to be that they had to be two different authors. And that's a false teaching, but that was very popular for years. And some still believe that, that uh, it was true. But if you want a good, good read, you read the book of Isaiah. And when you get back into that New Testament ver- uh, section, as I call it, in chapter 39, uh, chapter 40 uh, through 66, and in particular chapter 65 and 66, because that's the end of our New Testament here, it talks about uh, the eternal state, and a lot of the uh, talk in uh, Isaiah is uh, very helpful for you to understand uh, this time that we're looking at here tonight. There shall be no more curses, we read in chapter 22, and verse 3, uh, we know the, the earth is cursed. Part of the curse is removed during the millennial reign of Christ, but not all of it. Death's still there. Uh, 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 the uh, uh, different thing. It, it just You have to go through them and uh, itemize them for yourself uh, for time's sake. But there are uh, differences. And uh, the portion of the unsaved are mentioned here in verse 8. Notice it says, but the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and sorcerers and adulterers, all liars, and uh, shall have their uh, part in the lake of fire, which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And we've already seen that as we looked at the uh, uh, millennial. Now, there are some who believe that this judgment, the white throne judgment, and this throwing them into the lake of fire happens actually after the creation of the new heaven and new earth. It says that they, have, they fled away. There was no place found for them. And there's a lot of terminology in there that could take in one way or the other. Uh, but I'm just telling you what some people believe and that might be something you run into. Um, and um, it says here, of course, that the wicked of this earth will no, uh, will not be there. There's no doubt about it. And uh, we read that here. Uh, the uh, the conscious uh, is in the eternal state, uh, the, the, the lost, that is. They have a place. We're not, we're not sure. We can't be dogmatic as to where the lake of fire is geographically located. Uh, some believe it's on a place in outer space. Uh, others believe, well, the center of our earth, of course, there'll be a new heaven, a new earth, and it's going to be somewhat similar in some way. So maybe it'll be like our earth, 25,000 miles around and about 8,000 miles you drill a hole right through it. And in the center of it, a, a lake of fire. Just You see on the news where Finley, or not Finley, Finland is having the a volcanic eruption now two-mile-long seizure. Can you imagine that? Two-mile-long. That There's tremendous force there. I'm not saying that it's there. I'm not saying that it's somewhere in outer space. I'm just saying it's somewhere. And we cannot be dogmatic as to where uh, it's going to be. But it is a place, a real place, uh, just like uh, uh, eternity is a real place. And it, and it is eternal, 
and it is a place that has been made for the devil and his angels, but it has been increased in size so that uh, uh, lost people can go there. Uh, the the um, uh, Let's see whether anything else I want to cover here. Not, I can skip that. All right, let's go down to verse 9. And I... and. Um, there came unto me one of the seven angels which had the seven vows, full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, and I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. Now, let me tell you this. There's, there's different theologians and different theologies that teach different things, and you'll run into different things. One of them will be that the uh, the bride in the eternal state, uh, in the eternal state, uh, is uh, inclusive of all saints of all ages, Old Testament saints as well as new. I don't find anything that I can say that I, I can't hold with that. But there are people that believe that. Uh, I, I just simply uh, know this: that there's a new heaven and a new earth. And if everybody's going to be uh, in this uh, New Jerusalem, all righteous are there, only righteous are there, and if all the righteous are there, then what's the rest of the earth? We know that all on the earth there's no unrighteousness and there's no lost people in eternity. So you have this earth. You have the Jewish people promised uh, a kingdom on this earth. And there's just a lot of things that come back to my mind and the Bible studies that I've done that that uh, I just can't be dogmatic, but I, I don't want you not to know that there's all these kind of thoughts because you're going to run into them when you read uh, Pentecost's book uh, on things to come, for instance. He believes that the New Jerusalem will be like a satellite during the millennial reign, that it will actually, for a thousand years, like the sun, it will orbit around the earth. He's not alone. There's, there's four or five other scholars uh, that list with him as believing that. I don't believe that. Uh, I don't have any scriptures to believe that. I, I do believe that there's a new Jerusalem. I believe the things it just says here, there's all these no mores. And... Uh, we know that it's eternal. We know that it's holy. We know that it's the residence of God. These things I know. Uh, all the particulars I don't, I don't know. But we're going to see some scriptures here to make you wonder, maybe give you some new thoughts about it. It says here, And he cried, and he carried me away in, a, in the spirit uh, the, uh, to the great and high mountain. It must be mountains. Huh? Uh, and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. And that jasper stone is like our diamond. That's what we would refer to as a diamond. And had a wall great and high, and had twelve gates, and the gates, uh, and at the gates, twelve angels. We had twelve angels tending the gates, and the names were written thereupon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. God's never lost a one. I've told you that before. He's He's got them all accounted for. Back when He sent out the hundred and forty-four thousand witnesses, there were twelve thousand from each of the twelve tribes, and here. We find these uh, gates of the city, the new city, Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem, the holy Jerusalem, the holy city. All these names are given to it where Israel's names are inscribed uh, there in them. And on the east, and it says about them being one on each, uh, or rather three on each of the sides. All directions are covered. Verse 14, And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Now, there's a lot of controversy about Paul uh, being one of the twelve. Paul was not one of the twelves. 
Mattathias was elected to take Judas's place. That was the 12. That's the 12 here. Paul was an apostle. He was an apostle to the Gentiles. And he was, uh, but his teachings were after the apostles. They were taught by Christ and they taught the gospel. They put first in the church the apostles. That's those 12. Then Paul later, you remember, was converted. Okay, so I know that might hurt some of your feelings, but uh, Paul will not be on that list. Uh, but believe me, he'll be in heaven, no doubt. At verse, uh, ver- excuse me, huh? Uh, excuse me. Who takes Judas's place again? I didn't hear. Okay, thank you. That's, I've got a new set of ears. My wife's going to get after me again. She said, get those hearing aids in. But they, I'm like most men that have hearing aids. They wear them in their pocket or in the drawer. <laughs> Fifth, verse 15. And he, he that talked with me had a golden reed in it, in, uh, to measure the city uh, and the gates thereof and the wall thereof. And we mentioned before, this, this reed was normally a 10-foot length rod that was used for measuring. And the city lies four square. We saw that in the millennial age uh, of the Jerusalem and, and there being 144,000 uh, um, or 1,400 miles, okay. Uh, live its four square and the length there, the length, okay, go down. 12,000 furlongs and uh, you, the measurements, you know, are biblical time measurements to nine. The thing I want you to notice is the last statement. And the length and the breadth and the height are equal. It's not a pyramid like some people show you in, in charts. It's a cube. It's a cube. And uh, forget, there's like three or four million square miles, plenty of room for everybody uh, in the New Jerusalem, believe me. Verse 17, and the measure, uh, and he measured the wall thereof, and uh, 140 and four cubits. Most believe uh, that this probably is the depth, the, the, the thickness of the wall, according to the measure of a man, and, and as of the angel, they were the same height, evidently. And the building of that wall, uh, of it was of jasper. And now they're going to give, um, well, let's go on a little bit further. And his city was pure gold, uh, likened to clear glass. So we see that the, the, the wall... Uh, of the uh, the building of the wall of it was of jasper and the city was pure gold. Um, you're going to walk on streets of gold. You may not have much gold in this world, but believe me, in eternity you'll have gold and it'll be a gold like unto nothing this world has ever seen. Uh, our gold at the finest state is not, you can't see through it. It's a solid metal it's a solid okay but this gold is transparent this gold is uh, you're able to see through it uh, all the way now look look on down uh, to verse 19 and the foundations of the wall of the city were uh, garnished with all manner of precious stones and now they're going to list 12 different stones we're not going to cover them because first of all uh, I have a hard time pronouncing some of them. You wouldn't understand them if I pronounce them. Plus, these names have changed over the centuries, and we don't know what they were called, you know, to be sure. So we'd be just teaching somebody's last version of it and uh, the names of them. There are 12 stones. These 12 stones, uh, eight of them for certain were, uh, were identified for being in the breastplate of the high priest. But there were 12 stones on that breastplate, and the other, uh, there are four, the four that are left are very suspicious of being there also. So that's why I say you can't uh, just be too dogmatic about some things. The important things we know for sure. Heaven is sure. Heaven is uh, eternal. Heaven is the abode of God. Heaven won't have all these things that we just called out. Uh, death and all that stuff is, will not be there. So it's not the millennium. It's different than the millennium. Don't get them mixed up. They're different. 
Uh, this is eternal. The millennium is 1,000 years. That's a big difference right there. Okay, now verse uh, uh, 21. And the 12 gates, boy, you ladies ought to like this. The 12 gates were 12 pearls. Now uh, just think of a pearl. The whole gate is made of one single pearl, 1,400 miles high. That is a big pearl. You better believe it. That is a, that had the pastor I surrendered to preach under there in Ohio. He started that church, stayed there about 53 years. So he, he must have thought for sure that's where God wanted him. And uh, fine preacher, one of the best soul winners I've ever known in my life. But he was preaching on this passage and He's talk, talking about heaven and the beauty of heaven. And he said, oh, I just can't wait to get to heaven and see those pretty girls. I mean, pearls. I mean, girls. And, at, and our services there were televised. And so I got into town. I wasn't there. I'd already gone to Virginia, and I'd been back for something. Anyhow, I got in that afternoon, and they all wanted me to hear it out on the television program it was televised and, and recorded in the morning and shown at night on the local uh, channels there but um, uh, the pearl, these pearls are going to be a sight to see but they're not girls they're pearls and they are 1400 feet high and uh, and then and again it says the streets of the city uh, was pure gold as it were transparent glass in verse 22, And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple, and the city had no need of the sun, neither, notice it said, the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, uh, to shine in the, the glory and so forth. Let's go on now, verse 24, And the nations of them which uh, are uh, saved shall walk in the light of, uh, of it and the kings of the earth what's that tell you there's kings on the earth in that day okay the kings of the earth well, my, okay uh, uh, earth do bring their glory and honor unto into it uh, into the city so there are people residing outside of the city. There's a lot of speculations there. I won't get into all that because some of it will make you mad for sure. It made me mad. And, and the gates of it shall not be shut up all by day, for there shall be no night there. And they don't need to worry about anybody robbing them because everybody's saved. They don't have to worry about thieving or anything like that. So the gates will open all the time. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. There are nations. There are kings. They're bringing stuff into the city. There's a population out there. Uh, Way to make your mind twirl because some people think, again, I mean, the guy over here in California, I forget his name, I read his study Bible. Uh, he thinks that uh, all all the righteous are going to live inside of the New Jerusalem. Well, who are these people? So you know, I, some of these guys have a lot of letters behind their names, and uh, it just doesn't mean a whole lot when they talk like that. Because uh, let the Spirit of God. You read your Bible and let the Spirit of God teach you. Okay, he's taught me, believe me, these last two chapters, I've studied harder than I've studied anything since I've been in college, I don't believe. And, and um, over and over, and I've studied it over and over. Uh, but, uh, and there's stuff that I don't know. I, don't, I can't explain. But it's here. I believe what it says. There's mountains. There's kingdoms. There's people bringing stuff into the city. But it does say the bride and... Again, I'm, I'm a tickler on that bride. I think the bride's the New Testament age saints only. And uh, you can call me a heretic or whatever, but that's where I believe. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. Verse 27. And there shall, 
thou shalt in no wise enter into this city of steadfastness, neither whatsoever worketh abominations or maketh a lie, uh, but they that are written in the Lamb's book of life. No lost people of any kind are going to get into this city at any age. And it never gives you any hint that there would be. Now, first, first, first five verses of chapter 22, and uh, I, I might make it. Uh, 22, verse 1. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, flowing out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. The God and the Lamb are same. Jesus is God. He's the God-man. One throne, one God, okay? Here it is. The, the problem is this pure uh, river of water. There's no sea. But you study this out, and I'm going to tell you this before we read the rest in case I miss out on something. This river uh, and the street, this street of gold, it's in the, the, it's in the singular and there's a theory which might make good sense that this street goes all through the 1,400-mile high and 1,400-mile each way, one street going through there with one river, everybody having it available. Does a, does a person have to drink or eat in the eternal state? I don't know, but they can. They have fruit trees here to eat. I mean, Jesus ate after his resurrection. Remember when we met him in the upper room? And that was old worldly food. This is heavenly stuff. <laughs> I mean, we could eat. Do we have to eat to, uh, to uh, subsist? I don't believe. We have eternal life. Jesus didn't have to eat, but he ate. We will, I don't think, have to eat, but we can, and we probably will, and we'll probably want to. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a gorilla food eater. You know what that is? A fruit eater. <laughs> I love fruit of all kinds. It, I figure it makes those gorillas big and strong. That, that may be what I need, okay? And uh, so it, it says, And the gates shall not be shut up uh, at uh, all by day, uh, for there shall be no more, uh, no night there, and they shall uh, bring, okay, I'm back up. I had one of those senior moments. Let's get back on schedule. Back to 21, verse 1. And he showed me a pure river water of life, clear as crystal. You don't need any water filtering on that water. Proceeding out of the throne of God and out of the Lamb. And in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was, uh, was there uh, the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month, and the leaves of the, uh, of the uh, tree were for the healing of the nations. I need to stop right there, because some people are going to say, whoa, wait a minute now, you said there's no sickness, no pain, no death. What is this? Well, it's here. You can't deny it. Okay. There are some who believe that those who live outside of this city will maybe need this uh, as, a, uh, as a preventive type medication. They don't get sick, but this is to keep them from getting sick. They won't be sick, but they won't, they'll be eating these, this, these leaves. Uh, there's just a lot in here we don't understand, folks. But when we get to heaven, when we get to the eternal state, we'll see it. We'll know. God is gracious enough to give us a little glimpse. Kind of whet your appetite to make you wonder, how could that be? Well, I don't know all the answers, but there it is. And, and it's for the healing of the nations. It's a therapeutic type healing, no doubt. Uh, because there's no sickness there. And uh, there's, there's explanations. You study on it, you'll find some good reasoning on it. But I'm not going to uh, dictate to you what that should be. And there shall be no more curse. The land is no more cursed. 
but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants uh, shall uh, serve him. Let me move on. And they shall see his face, his, uh, and his name shall be in their foreheads. That's possession. You belong to God. And there shall be no night there, and they, are, and they need no candle. That gives me an idea again. This is inside the city. You don't need any um, artificial lighting. Why? Neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Now the rest of this chapter is what you call an epilogue. It's a kind of a closing. And so that's all we know about heaven. Eternal state, that's it. Now we go back. John's in the present now. Now listen to what it says. And he said unto me, this is that same angel now, these things are faithful and true. Now you knew that would be right. I mean, God never told a lie in his life. He can't lie. The Bible tells you he can't lie. So, so naturally it's faithful and true. Uh, God uh, of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. That's what it tells us in the very beginning. And, and uh, as we started studying uh, this book in chapter 1 and verse 1 there, this is the revelation of Christ. This isn't the revelation of John. Now in verse uh, number 7, Behold, I come quickly. And uh, that, that has a double meaning. That means he's coming. It could come at any moment in a twinkling of an eye. At the last trump, we're told these things about his coming at the rapture. And his coming here is, 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 is talked about here is the rapture. This is back again before this eternal state and all the judgments and all that. And he said, Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Because most people don't. But you're blessed if you do. There's a special blessing if you study the book of Revelation, verse 3, chapter 1. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard, uh, when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship from the feet of the angel. And he's making the same mistake again, again, and again, just like you and I do. I wish showed me these things, and then saith uh, he unto me, See thou do it not. For I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren, uh, the, pro uh, the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book. Worship God. God alone is to be worshipped. Nowhere in the Bible do you find an angel being worshipped. Nowhere in the Bible do you find a person ever becoming a god. You're a servant you're a servant here. You'll be a servant during the millennial. You'll be a servant during eternity. You'll never be God. Forget what the Mormons tell you. Okay? That's a bunch of lies. That's not true. And um, verse 10, and, and he saith unto me, Seal uh, not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. Uh, and bring them out. Daniel was told what? And Daniel chapter 8 and verse 26, he was told to seal. You know why? Here's what I believe. And I'm not alone. There's a lot of people who believe it. Daniel's prophecies were sealed until the time of the coming of the Lord. When you got near to the coming of the Lord, then his prophecies were Understood. Do you know when they really started the teaching eschatology, which is prophecy? Uh, you know when they started? About the uh, 19th century. You think that's a coincidence? I don't. Before then, those who attempted spiritualized it, got it all wrong. That was a mess. But from that time on, there's beginning a building of, of a systematic theology about later days, later things. And some err and some correct and some err and no one's perfect. No one gets it all right. But they begin to formulate 
understandable and then be accepted. And that's why. Now we know. Now we are learning. Now we are studying the things of God. Now he's blessing us for doing it. He that is unjust, now notice this, is unjust still, and he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. He that is holy, let him be holy still. And you know what that's saying is simply this. He's coming quickly. And you won't be getting things in order when He comes. It's too late. Things have got to be in order now. You know, I, you, you, when He comes to be found faithful as our desire and not to be ashamed as some will be, as some will be, and to get things right at the judgment seat of Christ by fire, but they'll, they'll, they'll learn of their errors. Um, Verse number 12, and behold, I come quickly. Four times we'll read that. Uh, once in the early part, three times here. I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according to his work shall be. That's the judgment seat of Christ. And, and that's also for the lost person as they're judged out of the books, you remember. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Before me there's nothing. After me there's nothing. I am eternal, is what he's saying. Blessed are they that do uh, his commandments, that uh, may uh, uh, that they may have right that they might may have right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates and to the city. Now it's talking about that eternal city and that tree of life. And by the way, you know in the garden there was only one tree of life. And after the fall, they, God put a cherubim over it to guard it so they wouldn't eat from it because it was a tree of life. They would have never died. And part of the curse was that they were going to die the day they ate of it. Okay? So that's a different theology altogether. But let's get back to this. Here we see that they are uh, eating of this tree of life which is multiple. Uh, I believe all the way up through, as they're talked about being on both sides of the river and that, all the way up through uh, uh, the eternal city. And uh, that's, blessed are they that do this, these commandments and they have right to the tree of life and may enter uh, through the gates into the city. Uh, for without our dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and people, any all these are terrible. I wish I had time to describe all these sin, sins that are, are mentioned. Uh, in verse 16, and Jesus uh, then says, I, Jesus, have sent, notice that name he uses, Jesus. Uh, that, that's a sweet name. Uh, that's uh, the name he wishes to close up with. He says, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. That's the first time, first time you'll find the word church since back in chapter 3. The church isn't there during the tribulation. The church isn't there to go through those trials. The church is taken to heaven. Here, talking about the churches, I am the root and the offspring of David. There's the Jewish people. He's the, the, the father of David and the child of David is basically what it says. And the bright and morning star. The bright star. The last star of the night, the first of the morning. Uh, the, separ the, the one between the day separates. Verse 17. Then the spirits and the bride say, Come. An invitation closes graciously. And let him that thirst say, Come. And let him, or excuse me, let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, there it is, whosoever will, not just an elected few or a certain type. You know, in heaven, there's going to be one race, one language in eternity. 
one, one. What it started out to be. And man got his hand in it. Now we find a warning in verses 18 and 19 that you're familiar with, so we're just going to do it very quickly. For, and I got five minutes, good thing. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add, there's the key word, add, unto these things God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take, there's another word, take, away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the, uh, uh, from the things which are written of, of this book. And those two classifications include all cults that have ever been, uh, those who add to the word of God and those who take from it. Jehovah's Witness, they take from it. The Mormons, they add to it. But that's all, just not those two. All of them like that. Verse 20. He which testifieth these things saith, the last words recorded that our Lord said, listen to it. Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. And then John closes, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Here's a book that we've studied. has a lot to do about judgments and God's rule and reign. But it's grace that God wants. He's not willing that any should perish. We learn all these things of all these trials and different ages and that, that we might be more encouraged to do what the Christians are supposed to do. Go out and bring in the lost. Go out and win them to Christ. That's what we're to do. The Great Commission given in every one of the Gospels and in the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8, every one of those commissions tell us to go. It doesn't tell them to come. You don't put a bell out there and ring a bell and say, okay, come on in. We're going to serve dinner. We're going to give you the Gospel here. Come on in and get your share. No. They're not going to do that. Church is for saved people that they'll learn more about Christ and be challenged about the, the things of God to obey and go out and witness for Him and bring them in. Boy, some of the old songs they used to sing. That was one there. Remember that one, Bring Them In? Bring Them In? We have a, a great heritage. I got three and a half, no, two and a half, I don't know how to read that, two minutes, <laughs> two minutes left, two minutes, two minutes or seconds, no, they're minutes, two minutes left, I didn't know if I was going to be able to get this done, but we did it, now, I, I hope you got something out of it, if your mind's like this, that's where mine is most of the time, ask, <laughs> ask my wife, I, my, I'm like, uh, 